my biggest, my number one thing I would say is if you're going to do a, something, do something that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to live, breathe, sleep. I, I mean, it's nonstop. I mean, literally it's your life. And uh, heck, I love bourbon. I actually, and I'm fortunate. I love our product. Like I, this is my bourbon. I drink it. So it makes it that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, just do what you love. And I think that's going to help fuel the, the energy behind it because you're going to need a lot of energy. Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, the podcast for brands in the health and wellness space who want to be irresistible, not only to consumers, but to investors and retailers. Here we talk to successful entrepreneurs about the inspiring stories that help them start and grow their awesome brands. And we also talk to investors, leaders in private equity, and retail buyers about what makes brands irresistible to them. Welcome everyone to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. Um, today I'm talking with Michael Palladini, the founder of Penelope Bourbon, um, which is a brand that got me drinking bourbon and I was not a bourbon drinker before. So that's really exciting. Um, prior to launching Penelope in 2018, Michael founded a brand called Bear Mattress with his brother, which he also runs. So clearly a serial entrepreneur that we're talking to today, which is really inspiring. So welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no, excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to talk about what inspired you to start this brand of bourbon. Well, I think uh, starting off, I love bourbon. So okay. that made it very, uh, I think that made that kind of an easy, uh, an easy leap. And, uh, you know, I think for us, uh, I, I've always had the itch of doing something and uh, doing another venture. I think something that I was, I was really passionate about. Um, and, and at the same time, on the personal front, you know, my wife and I were trying to have kids uh, for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of stress and, and pressure. And, you know, we always said if we had a girl, we loved that name Penelope. And uh, when we finally found out, we knew right away that was, she was going to be named Penelope. And I don't know, a light bulb went off. I said, wow, that's got a great ring to it for a bourbon. <laughs> and uh, that was really the uh, that was kind of the the start of this wild venture. Um, so tell me how it's going so far. I mean, you've been around for two years and one of them was a COVID year. So that must have been kind of crazy. Um, how are you feeling so far about your progress? I feel really good about things. I mean, I think, uh, you know, there was I mean, not coming from this industry, not knowing anything about it, not knowing anyone in it obviously had its uh, challenges. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, I think we just, you know, just kind of went full steam ahead and just, you know, kind of, I guess, fearless, if you want to put it that way, just jump right into it. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate. Um, I think we kind of struck a, a nerve, not just from the branding perspective, but from a, from a taste perspective and a, and a, a, a kind of a profile, I would say for, for our product. And, uh, you know, now we're, you know, we're in 15 markets and we're completely sold out of product. So that's a good thing. That's sort of. <laughs> I guess sort of. It's a mix. That's great, great, great. How did you decide on a bourbon when you had never been in the category and your last venture was a mattress company and you didn't know anything about the category? That seems like quite a leap. Well, I love bourbon. So I'm a bourbon drinker. So that made it really easy. I don't really drink. I mean, I don't drink beer, vodka, gin, tequila. I love bourbon. And it's interesting. I mean, now that I, you know, but I never was like, die hard, like really into the weeds of like the bourbon community. But now that I've been in it, um, it's just a great community of people. Um, 
you know, whether it's local bourbon clubs or groups here in New Jersey or, you know, uh, larger whiskey or bourbon clubs in Atlanta, Georgia, it's a really just a, it's an amazing community that um, we, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. So how do you go about starting a brand in an industry you know nothing about? Where did you look for info and guidance? I think that would be interesting for the entrepreneurs that are listening to this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think for us, I mean, I, and I've worked out in Silicon Valley at various tech startups and you get like, you know, when you're, it's funny when you work in tech, especially like enterprise software, you, I don't know, I, you, you're, one minute I'm working in, uh, in CRM at Salesforce, right? And it's completely just, a, 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 it's a totally different vertical. It's sales. You're working in sales and marketing technology. Then you go to, I, I jumped, I went over to a different company and I'm doing HR technology. I knew, I mean, I've never worked in HR in my life. Then I was doing something in talent acquisition software and recruiting is a very different world. I think you just become accustomed to like, well, it's okay if I don't know anything about the space, I'll figure it out. <laughs> like uh, I'll get there. Um, and that was the same idea. I mean, I don't, I didn't, you know, my brother and I, we don't know how to manu we, like manufacture beds. Um, but, you know, I think it's, uh, it's kind of that mindset of, you know, just doing your homework, doing some research uh, for, for bourbon. I'm, you know, we kind of was like, how do we, A, we got to know where to source bourbon from. And, and yeah, ask for a lot of introductions. I think that was kind of the key to the early start of it. Just, do you know a bottle person? Do you, oh, I need a label. Like, do you have a label person? And, and kind of just one step at a time. So what um, do you think is different? Is there something different about Penelope Bourbon that sets you apart from other brands in the category? Yeah, I think there's two kind of key areas that I see. I I think I kind of break it down into the differentiator from a brand perspective versus a flavor profile. Um, so from a from a branding perspective, if I think it's just if you look at it, go into a retail liquor store and you look at it, the the whiskey and bourbon selections. I think it's a very masculine driven segment. I mean, it's a lot of like guns and yes. old granddaddies and. And we're, we look at ourselves as just a little bit more gender inclusive, meaning it's just casting a wider net. I don't think we're necessarily marketing towards females or marketing towards men. I just think it's just a more gender inclusive kind of version of, uh, of us. And, you know, so that, that I think has played a big role in our, in just who we are as a brand um, from a differentiator perspective. Uh, you know, even like our bottle, it's like shaped like a wine bottle. Do you, um, which is, do, you, do you know that you have a female audience as well as the male audience? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the most, uh, the most sophisticated thing, but, you know, just even doing little things from, you know, tracking like uh, online uh, purchases with our partners to, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we have data from, you know, doing, you know, a thousand plus in-store tastings. So yeah. we, we have a pretty good idea. Uh, and it's, it's amazing as you start, you know, as you look at that information over a pretty long period of time, you could see, pretty clear trends that uh, the gender inclusive kind of approach is definitely what we're seeing uh, based on the, who's purchasing it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I love it. I think that's a really such a good idea because it really is for the most part, a very masculine category. Yeah. And so, we were worried about it going into it. You know, you could get like, yeah. it's, and Penelope is like a very feminine name. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's part of who we are. It's our identity. And I think it's, it's kind of surreal when people are like, Oh, did you try that Penelope? It's like, oh, That's so, cool. so <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, can you talk about both your 
biggest successes and your biggest challenges up to now? Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's another good question. I mean, uh, biggest, I, I think it's successes. I, I'll kind of, I'll say call success based on for now. I mean, we have other successes obviously, but like just in terms of what we define success as, but I'd say case sales, let's look at case sales. It's like, how do we measure ourselves in terms of performance? You want to look at sell-through rates and reorders and things like that. One of my, one of the things that to me has just been most fascinating. Like I just got off the call with our distributor in Colorado. I mean, it was kind of a long shot. It's the furthest West we are currently. So it's like 1500 miles away. It's a very weird kind of year to launch new brands. Cause you can't, you're not uh, normally when you launch an estate, you would fly there meet the team, meet your distributor, uh, work, you yeah. know, you work the market, you go visit accounts, you're doing all that stuff. Colorado, I, I, I think we're, we're one of the fastest, like I'll use the term, we're exploding in Colorado. It's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, I just got off the phone with them. I mean, they're, they're our number two state and we just launched there in November. And what's your number one state? Well, our home state in New Jersey. And I, I'll be honest, I mean, Colorado's coming right up on its heels and that's, that's with, you know, just kind of how we kind of support the markets is a little bit different, I think, than some of the other folks. How do you, uh, or what do you attribute the success in Colorado to? Anything specific? It's it's kind of how I view it as. It's a little tricky. So, it starts with the product. Like it's got to be, you know, you got to have a good product no matter what. Um, that's the bare minimum. So you have a good product, people love it. I think for us. Uh, when, with the early growth, like any sort of early adopters, I mean, these are diehard bourbon drinkers. These are folks that love bourbon. So they're going to be anything new to market. You're going to see an initial yeah. uptick, right? So you're going to get people to buy it because they want to try it and see what it's all about. But what really is exciting is, you know, what's keeping the momentum going is that those, there's only so many people that are, that fit that mold that are going to go yeah. in and buy it because it's new. What's, what's exciting is now you're seeing like the, the third wave and fourth wave of reorders. And, you know, keep in mind in New Jersey, they, we, we've been in market for a long time. We've done a gazillion in-store tastings. We've introduced a lot of limited releases in New Jersey. Like we have private barrels. We have our rosé cast finish. In Colorado, it's just been the two SKUs. In New Jersey, we've had five different versions of our barrel strength. So you get different variations. So what's exciting is Colorado seeing that pull um, just off two products on its own with, I've never, I haven't been to, I haven't been in market yet. So it's kind of a, I'm kind of happy about that. That's a great sign. It's a great, yeah. Sign. yeah, that's cool. That's exciting. What about your biggest challenges? It's the same thing. I think it's literally how, how do you get people, you know, and I'm not saying Baton Rouge is a bad market. Actually, Baton Rouge is a great market for us. We've got Calandros down there, which is a great customer, Hocus Pocus. Um, but it's hard selling product when you don't have boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just tough. I mean, we, we, I, you know, one thing about New Jersey that is, is telling is that we've supported it. We've done in-store tastings and it's, it's a pretty, pretty rock solid foundation. That's only going to grow. And that comes with, that's a lot of hard work to get those, like those true loyal consumers that are walking in and want to want to drink your product. Uh, that's their, that's their drink of choice. So uh, yeah, I think just as while you have successes like Colorado, it's just as equally, one of the biggest challenges. Okay. Um, and so, you know, that, that's what we're always uh, tasked with. The other big challenge is uh, uh, continually trying to uh, navigate the, 
the, the regulatory and legislative um, challenges of the liquor business. I mean, it's wild. Uh, there's just there's state different. tax. Every tax, every state's different. Um, yeah. Different permits, different taxes, different rules, different pricing. So yep. it's very decentralized. And have you done any marketing aside from the tastings that you were doing and getting it to the stores? Or is there any other way that you're reaching consumers right now? Yeah, like we're always doing different, we're always testing different things. I mean, we, we bootstrap this business, so we don't have this big slush fund of, uh, of a yeah. huge marketing budget. And, you know, our business is, is just tough because um, you, you have to continually purchase more inventory in advance. And this inventory isn't even, it's not even like vodka, like at least vodka, it's not aged. Yeah. It's, it's distilled and it goes right into a bottle. Yep. This is a, you know, this stuff is aging for years on end. So uh, there's a, there's a premium to it, but also makes it that much more difficult. So, you know, a lot of our money is tied, goes right. I mean, as we grow, we need to buy more inventory than we had before. And, and so there's a cost yeah. associated with that. But the marketing we have done has been just very lightweight. Like we do brand awareness campaigns on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we launch into a new market, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look for like low cost uh, impressions through yeah. Um, just brand awareness. I'm not even looking for link clicks or anything like that. It's just like getting the name out there. Um, and that's been, that's been pretty positive. I could, I measured, I, I saw the value with that with when we went into Pennsylvania, um, which was exciting. Uh, you know, we, we, we do the competitions, which, which we view as a marketing uh, uh -huh. and, and we do a ton of work on social. Yeah. Uh, social is probably the backbone of, of uh, like, that's our platform for telling our story. Yeah. That is, I think that's true for a lot of brands that are in the startup to mid stage. It's a really important place and it's awesome that you can do it. So, if you're not, it's crazy. I mean, it's all earned media. I mean, it's yeah. a no brainer. I mean, and it's, uh, it's like you literally have a direct voice because our business, we operate in a three tier system. It's supplier, distributor, retailer, and consumer. So that's, that is our area where we can talk direct to our consumer yep. Um, yep. And, and have a conversation with them. So you said 15 markets right now. Um, where do you hope to be next year at this time and then in five years from this time? Well, we are doing a lot. We're looking at a lot of, uh, we just uh, had our first, uh, we just, uh, it's, I'm literally looking at the export market. So oh, wow. um, we're, we're, we're going into, uh, we're actually going to be in the largest uh, liquor chain in Alberta, Canada, which is exciting. Um, it's a it really big account. Um, so just testing our wa testing the water in, uh, in the export arena, in part because New Jersey offers, you know, these great grants mm -hmm. to you sell your product overseas, there's grants to help sell it. Uh, so we, you know, there, there's some fun things we could do there. We did just uh, ship our first wave out to Australia. Oh, um, wow. yeah, we we're working on the UK. We've had a lot of interest in the UK is probably the, if I, I view every state as its own market, whether it's Canada or Texas, they're both equally as hard to navigate. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, some, in some cases it's actually easier to export than it is to uh, work within a particular state. So uh, the UK is high on our list, um, really high on the list. It's probably if even considering the, the states as its own separate market, UK is number one in terms of demand. Wow. Inbound. That's yeah. So we're trying to figure that out. Problem is there's big tariffs right now and it, we're not, it just doesn't make sense to sell send the product there if it's just going to be ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, and we don't really necessarily want to lower our costs just to export it. So I think we're just waiting it out. If, 
if they do come off, we'll, we'll definitely make it happen. That's exciting. Um, do you have any advice for, I mean, you're an entrepreneur, obviously you're, this is your second brand and, um, I don't know if it's your last brand or not, but, um, do you have any advice for people who are thinking about doing something like this and just don't know where to start or are nervous about something? What would you tell yeah. them? Should I say, don't do it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Do it. no, 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 I'm joking. You know, you gotta be, I, I would say you just, just prep yourself. Um, my biggest, my number one thing I would say is if you're going to do a, something, do something that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to live, breathe, sleep. I, I mean, it's nonstop. I mean, literally it's your life. And, uh, heck, I love bourbon. I actually, and I'm fortunate. I love our product. Like I, this is my bourbon. I drink it. So it makes it that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if it, it's all, at times, although if you still, it's still a job. Like there's things that I, you know, I'm like, Oh, I gotta do this. Like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I gotta fill out taxes, you know, just do what you love. And I think that's going to help fuel the, the energy behind it. Cause you're going to need a lot of energy. Yes. I would definitely agree with that. It is not easy. Um, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to share about, Penelope Bourbon or Penelope the baby that yeah gosh two and a half and she's doing well and family's good and yeah no I mean I think uh, if you like bourbon you know I highly recommend you try it I think uh, we've got a couple different expressions and you know we love uh, for folks to for those that don't drink bourbon we have uh, we have an expression for you in our four grain for those that love bourbon I think a barrel strength could be great and uh, we hope you all get to try it. Do you think you'll expand beyond bourbon at any point or is bourbon your thing? And it's just going to be different kinds of bourbon for different people. Mm-hmm. I am looking at other things. Um, everyone always tries to get you to do vodka and gin because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, vodka and gin, you make, you make, it's, it, it's an easier way. It's a larger margin because it's uh, not aged and it's, yeah. it's, it's better cash flow. Yeah. The problem is, is I just don't drink vodka. <laughs> I like, I, it's very easy. And you know, the other thing is, every segment of the spirits industry and, and even wine, look at, you know, look at Rosé and look at Pinot and Chardonnays. And I mean, it's hard enough to, to do bourbon, to, to break a bourbon market. I think we're, you know, we're like being hyper-focused on one particular area and doing it really, really well. Um, I would say if we were to go and do anything else, it would be, you know, we would look at like a rye whiskey Mm-hmm. Um, which is outside the bourbon category. Yeah, you know, I am looking. I think there's a. I think the palettes are starting to evolve. I think in a few years, I think while single malts are huge, um, that's more Scotch and that's more in the, the the Scotch world, Scotch whiskey. And I do think there's a trend starting to develop in terms of the malt grain. And uh, we're all, you know, I'm looking at different different you know American single malts for sure too as well. Mm-hmm. But outside of that it's all bourbon. You know, you're not the first person who I've heard say do something, one thing really, really well. And I completely, I mean, based on everything I know from all the years I've been doing this and all the brands I've interacted with and worked with, that's probably the best piece of advice of all, because it's so tempting when you start having some level of success to say, what else can I do? Should I be innovating? Should I be trying new things? But then, you know, then your focus is sort of lost and you're doing- Who are you? What's your identity then? Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of even distilleries. I mean, you look at just craft distilleries, 
Now, you know, granted, they've got probably a larger operating expense with the, the nice facility and all this, and they need to, they need a vodka, they need a gin, they need a rum, and it's easy. Yeah. And plus, yeah. when you have distributors that are buying it, it's like, might as well keep making it. But it's, uh, it, you kind of lose that brand identity. Like, what, where, what are you? Like, what are you as a company? I think, uh, like, a great example is High West. High West is a, uh, a great brand. They started out as a whiskey. They were doing whiskeys and they make great whiskey too. They're out of Utah. Now they have a vodka, but I mean, they, it's basically, I mean, it, it, that was like eight years in the making and yeah. they already kind of established themselves. Heck, I think they're owned by like Constellation Brands. So yeah, yeah. yeah like at that point they, and they, it was, it, they had the vodka basically cause they were, they had a beautiful on-premise location in, I think it's in uh, like Park City or something like that. And it was, they made it because they were using it in cocktails for their, for their bar and restaurant on site. So yeah. I think that's when it makes sense. I think when you're, you know, still young, like us building the brand, like, heck, we use the same mat. Like we're the same blend for all of our products. We're not even, we're a four grain. We're not even dabbling. We're not even changing our, 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 our recipe at all yet. So yeah, I think we're, uh, we're, 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 we're pretty happy with where we're at and staying focused on this. Do you, um, when you think about the next few years and growth, do you can plan to continue to go the way you're going, where you're going market by market and trying to figure it all out? Or is there any plan to scale? And if you do, will you need investment or how, how do you do that? Yeah, I think, you know, it's always, we're always looking at that. Cause like every time you got to go do a bottling run, you're like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. even, you know, we got to look at, okay, how many are, how much are we selling now? I mean, we run into challenges too. Like a great example is, you know, things were, we were launched in Nebraska in, uh, I don't know, maybe like right around COVID when COVID first started getting crazy. So like April and it yeah. was, it was a slow market for us. I mean, you don't think about Nebraska and it just was going slow. I mean, heck, I, I don't even, I, there was times where I, I, I didn't even like remember we were even in Nebraska it was going so slow. <laughs> and then out of, out of the blue, you know, we roll out some new packaging, um, our, we, we moved to batch five of our barrel strength. And I mean, we are exploding in Omaha. We're exploding oh. in Lincoln. I mean, we, it threw off our forecast. I mean, in the last three weeks alone, we probably have sold more than we did all year times five. And it's like, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> so that, and I'm being, and I'm being yeah. serious. I had a, I called, I was calling them. I was like, what's, and you know, it just is a word of mouth. It's a very word of mouth. And, you know, maybe the, the new packaging was our new identity and I'm assuming that probably had something to do with it, but it's, it's just mm -hmm. interesting yeah. to see these different ebbs and flows, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And as far as scaling, do you see yourself doing anything like that at any point or you want to keep it really tight and yourselves and I think, yeah, no, sorry. I didn't, I didn't answer the, I went on a Nebraska <laughs> tangent and I was just thinking about Nebraska because I'm still confused by it, but it's a good That's confusion. Right. I, Definitely. yeah, we were, I wouldn't, I've been looking at that. I've been looking at scaling it and, uh, you know, scaling it. Does that mean like going national from a national distributor perspective? Um, or does it mean raising money and, and getting capital and yeah. really getting the, the sales engine going and the marketing engine going? Um, I think where we're at too right now is I don't have a boss, you know, mm -hmm. so we're, we own the, I mean, it's, there's no outside investors We're we're, we are obviously, I mean, we, we have a popular product we're getting traction, we're getting pull. I think right now I'm like, gosh, if we can, you know, if you could hit a certain threshold, like every day that goes by, and I don't want to use the term leverage, but you, you're, you're building more value for the brand. 
and and I think right now we kind of I you know it's so I want to raise money and then I'm I'm kind of like I don't know if I want to do a deck every quarter and I think we're right now we're kind of let's let's get to the end of this year like yep. that's yeah if we get to the end of this year it's it's the the conversations become a lot different I think yes I agree with you that's cool I agree with you on that too it's hard to know when it's time to get some other people involved because it's fun having control of your destiny and it's also yeah. really hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is. I it's, agree. it's definitely, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's like, you know, chicken or the egg, I guess. I don't yeah. know. What, what is, I don't know the right decision. I just know that we're, we're able to, we're able to continue re, uh, our inventory is going to be, you know, we're, we're able to provide the product to all the markets we're in. Do we, does that mean maybe we have to slow down growth a little bit and like, and just hunker in on the ones we're at? Yeah. I mean, that's fine. We'll, we'll do that. We don't need to keep growing. We've got plenty of work just in front of us right now. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to, um, I really enjoyed this and I think there's a lot of value in it for the people that will be hearing it. So entrepreneurs and other brands and hopefully investors. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah.